Matthew 26, 36 to 46. We read and we'll dive in. Then Jesus coming with them to a place called Gethsemane, he said to his disciples, sit here while going over there, I will pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be extremely grieved and enormously distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is extremely sorrowful to the point of death. Remain here and stay alert with me. And going a little beyond, he fell on his face, praying and saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I want, but as you want. And coming to the disciples, he found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you could not stay alert with me one hour. Stay alert and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is eager, but the flesh weak. And going away a second time, he prayed saying, my father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, thy will be done. And again he came, he found them sleeping for their eyes were weighed down. And leaving them again, he went away. He prayed a third time, saying the same word again. Then coming to the disciples, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Look, the hour is near and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let's go. Look, the one who betrays me is near. The article said that, quote, Wisconsin protesters are accused of assaulting a Democratic state senator on video at the state capitol Tuesday night after day-long protests turned violent. The violence began a group, began after a group of two to three hundred protesters marched through downtown Madison, initially blocking intersections and obstructing driveways. They reached the state capitol and then this happened. Quote, State Senator Tim Carpenter, Democratic State Senator in Milwaukee, he encountered the protesters and began recording them. Carpenter said that he was, quote, assaulted and beat up by eight to ten people as he took the video. He tweeted this, quote, Punched and kicked in the head, might have concussion, left eye a little blurry, cheek swollen, swollen, sore neck and ribs. This has to stop before some innocent person get killed. I locked up in the Capitol until it's safe, end quote. Those who should be defending the weak are bowing to these senseless, asinine rioters and looters, allowing them to take advantage of the helpless, the weak, and just a simple bystander. This whole shenanigan that we see in our nation broods 
hatred, violence, extortion, and lawless behavior. They will make you bow to them. They will make you bow to their will. If you don't, well, you'll get attacked. What a contrast to today's passage. You see these people forcing other people to bow to them, and then you look at the intimate, loving, Relationship that the father has with the son and the son has with the father and where the son says, I willingly bow to you. I bow to your will. What a contrast. Loving submission to the will of the father. And here you see Jesus presenting to us an example of the very thing he commands us to do. Matthew's gospel. Bow down and worship Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, the King of Israel, the Judge of the world. And as Jesus commands us to do this to himself, we do it just like Jesus did to the Father. Just like Jesus bowed to the Father. Jesus displays us. What an example he shows to us of how we bow to the Father Willingly, joyfully. Just like Jesus bowed to the Father. Statement for you. Jesus bowed down to his Father and his will, even as he aversely anticipated facing the cup of the Father's just wrath, which was his primary mission. A mission that would cost him his life. Jesus knew it. He knew why he was here. This was the climax of his mission. He would die for sinners and he would drink this cup. He would be bruised for our transgressions. As Michael read a few moments ago. So here's Jesus bowing to his father, bowing to the father's will, and yet aversely anticipating this cup that he would drink. And as we get a glimpse into Jesus' intimate relationship with his father, we also see the huge failure and blunder of Christ's disciples. When he needed them most, they were clueless to his demise. You know, there's so many lessons that we can take away from this, from this passage, just these 10 verses. I I listed four down for you, and there's probably more, but here's four of them for you be able to take away from this morning a lesson what our relationship with the Father should look like, should be like. Uh, We need to submit to his will and to the plans he brings into our lives. Uh, 
another lesson how prayer prepares us in so many ways. Prayer prepares us. And then another lesson, our, our need to be alert to our physical weaknesses and not driven by our feelings. Jesus prepared himself. Jesus was preparing himself right here in these 10 verses. He was preparing himself for his future suffering and he did that by praying. Praying and petitioning. disciples on the other hand did not prepare themselves. Instead they slept. I'll have those uh, lessons up there again if you didn't get those. Um, I'm going to put them look through them later on as well. Uh, Jesus was dedicated to the Father's will as he wrestled with the truth that he was about to drink the cup of the Father's wrath. The wrath that comes upon sinners which is equivalent to hell. So either Jesus faces God's wrath on your behalf or you face eternity in hell. There's no in-betweens. It's either or. So when Jesus was on the cross, he was taking the just wrath of God, what's equivalent to what we would face in hell forever. That's what he faced. That's why it's called a vicarious substitutionary atonement. In our place. And at the same time, as he's wrestling with this, he's about to, the cup he's about to drink, we see the disciples' myopic inability to see or grasp the gravity of the situation or the distress of their master. Is this not us? Ah, yes, it is. This is me. This is you. You are reading about yourself. I am reading about me. Which is why Jesus had to die for us, right? Amen. Because we are myopic, we are dull. And we just don't grasp some things. Which is why Jesus had to die. Praise his name. Amen. Praise his name. He died for my dullness. And my inability to really say what air my God ordains is right. Right? <clears throat> what, what a contrast you see in this passage. Uh, Jesus prayerful heartfelt obedience and the disciples uh, one might put it like this drowsy oblivion hmm. Jesus submitted himself to the Father's command and will the disciples didn't listen to Jesus Jesus whole action and, and attitude is juxtaposed with the disciples' action and attitude. Jesus, prayer, alert, submission, obedience. The disciples, sleepy, uncaring, prideful, arrogant. Hmm. 
You see it juxtaposed within the passage. And I agree, one writer said this, I think he's right. This is probably one of the saddest stories in the whole Bible. As we observe the disciples, and, and yet it's like looking in a mirror for us. This is why we needed Jesus to die for us. So uh, we are bowing now, just like Jesus bowed down to the Father. Notice how it begins first with Jesus' great distress, verse 36 to 38. Jesus coming with them to a place called Gethsemane. It was a garden, a well-beating spot with his disciples. He said to them, sit here while going over there, I will pray. So notice it already begins the separation between Jesus and his disciples. In verse 37, taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, Peter, James, and John, the three inner circle. Notice it says he began to be grieved and distressed. Really, it's extremely crushed, overwhelming sorrow. I have it appear on the screen. He, he was crushed, completely overwhelmed, overcome with major grief to the point of death. Which is why he said this in verse 38. My soul is deeply, extremely, enormously grieving, sorrowful. Profound inner agony, as one writer put it. His heart was ready to break with grief. And, and, and not because of being crucified. Now, mind you, crucifixion was no fun way to die. I mean, nobody wanted to die by being crucified. Who wants to suffocate to death on a cross, naked? That doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Nobody wants to die like that. But it wasn't so much the pain of crucifixion as depicted in The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson's movie. It's not so much that. But the kind of death that he would die. God's justice upon him. God would unleash his just wrath upon his son. The death that we deserve as sinners, which is complete and total separation from God and hell, would be Jesus' experience. He would be one with sinners on the cross. God's wrath would be exhausted upon him. Which is why it's so vital for you if you don't know Jesus today that you would trust Christ. That you would come to a place where you would say Jesus I believe that when you were on Christ you died for my sins on my behalf. I repent. I turn from my sin. I put all my trust in you. Save me. And he will. He will. And the reason why he can is because he paid the debt for sinners. All of you should be saying amen to that. Oh my amen. goodness. He paid the debt for sinners. Amen. Where's my mom when I need her? Mom, where are you? Amen. Uh, there she is. Amen. Jim, I can't find Facebook. That's what he did on our behalf. Jesus paid the debt for us. Come. 
Respond to Jesus. Trust him. Notice what Jesus says here to his disciples after he talks about how he sowed extremely, uh, enormously grieving to the point of death. Numerator Sanders says, remain here, literally stay alert. The same word that he's using in chapter 24, verse 42. Stay alert. Or be alert. 2442, same word. Be alert. Be alert with me. Remain here, stay here, and be alert. He would pray alone because he would be left alone. The disciples' lack of prayer and the grasp of what their master would face was vividly displayed at the separation. Stay here, be alert. away from them because he would be alone throughout this whole ordeal. And then starting in verse 39 to verse 45, how I describe, will describe it to you, and I have it on the screen. I put it like this, that juxtaposed positions. You have Jesus' heartfelt prayer, alertness, and obedience versus the disciples' heartless pitilessness sleepiness disobedience you see that juxtaposed you see the contrasting positions the contrasting attitudes and action again in verse 39 going a little beyond he fell on his face praying and saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. You'll see Jesus prayed three times and there's good reason to believe he prayed for at least three hours. We'll look at that in a moment. He's praying alone, falling on his face, the lowest posture in prayer and his, his prayer was, was stunning because you see intimacy, you see desire, and yet you also see obedience. You see, you see all three. Notice my father, the personal, intimate relationship with his father. Only in Matthew do we see him use the pronoun my father. You see the distinct persons of the Godhead, two distinct persons. You have the Spirit as well, so there's only one God throughout the whole universe, but three distinct persons. Jesus was God, yet separate from the Father. There's no different manifestations here. There's two distinct persons. My Father, if there's any possibility for me not to drink this cup of your wrath, does your will necessitate for me to go to the cross and drink this cup cup in the Old Testament was associated with suffering and judgment Psalm 11, Isaiah 51, Ezekiel 23 
God would give to people the cup of his wrath. He would have, they would drink this cup. This is what Jesus was referring to. He, he desired to avoid the crushing agonies of the cross. Again, not simply because suffering would be horrible, even though the dying of the crucifixion was truly horrible, but because of the cup of wrath, he would have to drink. And yet what God required, Jesus fulfilled. We are justified by his blood, Romans 5, 9. Therefore, having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. This is what Jesus is talking about. This is what Jesus would face. This is the cup he would drink. Notice the last part of verse 39. Yet not as I want, Thelo, but as you want. Notice how he resolutely embraced the Father's will, not his own. He wanted the Father's will to take priority over his own desire. Father's will must be done and Jesus knew it. You see this amazing truth between Jesus' divine nature and his human nature. You see this wrestling. You, you get a window into what's going on within the Son of God, the God-man. There's a little window into this. The prayerful, heartfelt, obedience, there's devotion, there's intimacy. The disciples, verse 40. to the disciples he found them sleeping and said to Peter so you could not be alert with me for one hour there it is so it seems like Jesus was away from them for an hour but instead of saying, staying alert he found them sleeping he pointed out their insensitive oblivion not just for one hour Peter Point out Peter. Or Peter was the one, he, he was the, the strong spokesman, right? Oh, I'm never going to you. Not me. It's so sad. In Jesus' most critical time, when he was extremely distressed and disturbed because of what he was in face. And we appeal to them to stay alert. They displayed total oblivion and went to sleep. There I am. Could not be alert for one hour, Jim. Notice the exhortation he gives. He gives them an exhortation there, verse 41. Keep watching, or literally, stay alert. Pray that you may not enter into temptation. 
stay alert and pray so that they would not be tempted. And to do what? To sleep. He says the spirit is willing or eager, you can translate that word, eager, but the flesh is weak, which tells us something, tells us spiritual alertness is able to overcome physical weakness. Spiritual alertness is able to overcome your feelings. It is. We need God's grace to do it. The fact of the matter is their inability to stay alert showed their weak flesh. It's so easy to allow our physical situation or our feelings to take over and rule. It's it's easy to let that happen. That's why we must fight to think truth and pray. To fight for it. And prayer prepares us. Prayer prepares us for future suffering and testing. I brought this up earlier. Prayer prepares us in so many different ways. It prepares us for future suffering and testing. They were about to face great suffering and testing, so they should have been praying. And they failed to prepare themselves for the coming test. They were left defenseless. And friends, we wonder why we're spiritually weak. Because we're not prepared. We're not preparing ourselves. And remember, because you begin to feel the weight of guilt upon your soul for not preparing yourself, remember this is why Jesus had to die for us. Don't forget that. Because we failed. We failed in these ways. And that's why Jesus had to die. That's why he's so gracious and kind and merciful. Prayer shows our dependence upon the Father. It's the means of grace by which we pour out our hearts to the Lord with our pleas and petitions, but also as a way to gain strength for future tests. So prayer is. It shows our dependence. It's the means of grace. It's one of the means of grace we have that God has given to us, pouring out our hearts to Him with our pleas, our petitions, our supplications as a way to gain strength for future tests. Here I go. Preparing myself, my heart. So notice verse 42. Go back to Jesus. Verse the disciples, go back to Jesus. Verse 42. Going a second time. He prayed, saying, My Father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, thy will be done. Again, he resolutely resigns to obey the Father's will. He agreed. He must drink the cup for it to pass. The only way for it to pass is for him to drink it. There's no way around it. To drink the cup of God's wrath was God's will. What an amazing scene with Jesus wrestling through this act that he must do. He really, truly was human. 
can sympathize with our weaknesses. He truly can. He knows what it's like. As he's wrestling through this, we must do all obey. Jesus would do the Father's will no matter the cost to him. You see that heartfelt prayer, obedience, intimate submission to the Father. You see that with Jesus. Friends, even when we don't feel like it, even when our bodies seem to be screaming at us, we, by the Spirit's power, must resolutely obey God and give ourselves over to His will for us. Thy will be done. And then the contrast. Verse 43. Again, coming to them, he found them sleeping for their eyes. The word means weighed down. You know that feeling. When I'm preaching, you just can't keep your eyes open. Amen. Oh. Man. Killing me. Killing me, Smalls. Oh, I remember being in seminary class. You're awake all night doing a paper. And Johnny and I, we used to call him. Check him out, Johnny. Check him out, Johnny. This guy's bobbing. He's bobbing. <laughs> Oh, and he'd be out. Look at me, he's out, he's out, he's out. And then we'd be doing it. And Johnny makes fun of me. He's like, man, you're, you're bopping me. I know, man, I'm so tired. You just can't do it. Your eyes are weighed down. No exhortation at this point. It's unfortunate that they really have no clue. Back to Jesus, verse 44. Even then again, he went away and prayed a third time, saying the same word again. Only you see this in Matthew saying this same word. And, and again, we have good reason to believe he was gone for another hour. So you're talking about three hours. And he would return. Came to the disciples, found them sleeping again. We'll look at that in a moment, verse 45. This anticipated. The three times that Peter would deny Jesus instead of confessing Jesus. Now 45, coming to them, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? And for some translation, I see this as a statement. He just better take it as a question. Are you guys still sleeping? They were not prepared for what was about to happen next with Judas. And he's again back to the disciples a third time. That heartlessness, pitilessness, disobedience, they didn't listen. So then we come to this part, verse 45 and 46. His time had come. <clears throat> Behold, look. The hour is near and the Son of Man is being betrayed or delivered into the hands of sinners. The time of his betrayal, really, his suffering had come. Verse 46, arise, let's go 
Look, the one who betrays me is near. He knew Jesus was on his way towards him. Jesus is ready. He's ready to have him prepare himself by prayer. He was ready for what he was about to face. He was ready. He's going to face this cup. He was ready for what's going to happen. And it would begin, really, with the betrayal of one who was closest to him, one of his own disciples. Jesus desired to avoid the cup of the Father's wrath, yet he decidedly and resolutely submitted himself to the Father and his will. Jesus was the perfect model of what it looks like to pray. He bowed down, and as the writer of Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. Jesus, his whole mindset was set on God. And he would live by God's word, doing God's will, even if it meant unbelievable suffering and death. And it's this, this wrestling that enabled him to, to be our sympathetic high priest. That's what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 through 10. He understood suffering. He, was, he understood what it was like learning this. Wrestling through these things so he can sympathize with you. When you're tired, when you don't feel like reading your Bible, don't feel like praying, you feel lost, that's the time where we should pray, we should, and say, God, I cry out to you, help me. I am so weak. Mm. And he does. He's gracious. He can sympathize with you because he's the God man. Jesus knows that our flesh is weak, so we need to be exhorted to stay alert, to be spiritually alert. Encourage him that to pray against temptation. The back of the disciples, you know, it's sad that we, we juxtapose Jesus and the disciples. You can also juxtapose the disciples' attitude, um, their cluelessness, oblivion, myopic, dull thinking, versus their firm arrogance, unteachable spirit, and, and really just downright sinful self-confidence just a few verses ago. Remember? We'll, we'll never deny you. Well, if, if we were going to die for you, you notice that, that arrogance is juxtaposed with their cluelessness. Interesting. The, the whole attitude and action of Jesus, you see, Prayer, alert, submission, intimacy, devotion. I told you earlier in the message so many lessons that we can learn from this. And I'll put them up on the screen for you again. Uh, what our relationship with the Father should look like. An intimate relation with the Father that you have through Jesus. You can say, my Father. You can say, my Daddy, and I... I, I need you in this. I need your grace. It's what your relationship with the Father should look like. Our need to submit to his will and the plans he brings into our lives. You didn't plan on this shutdown. 
He didn't plan on this virus. I didn't plan on it. God did. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. Our need to submit to his will and the plans he brings into our lives. How prayer prepares us in so many ways. Encourage you. Let this be a, um, a gracious exhortation to you, O Christian, that you're taking time to pray. And also our need to be alert to our physical weaknesses and not be driven by our feelings. It's, it's easy for us. Remember, remember, Jesus knows this. No doubt he was tired. You know he got tired. You know that he got tired different times. You know he got hungry at different times. It's stated in other places in the Gospels. It's our need to be alert to our physical weaknesses and not allow our feelings to drive our lives. When God brings trials into our lives, when trials come no longer fear, that is the time where we need to be spiritually alert. Listen to his word, I will be done. I encourage you, you bow to Jesus, just like Jesus lovingly bowed to the Father. I was reminded my study from the song by Hilary Scott, Thy Will Be Done. <clears throat> Where she sings that, Thy will be done, Thy will be done. Like a child on my knees, all that comes to me is Thy will be done. Thy will be done, Thy will. I know you see me. I know you hear me, Lord. Your plans are for me. Goodness you have in store. I know you hear me. I know you see me, Lord. Thy will be done. Father, thank you that Jesus died for all those times where we did not pray that, we did not do that. We had our will be done. Thank you, Jesus, you died for that. Thank you, Father, that you showed us grace in that. Help us as your people. Give us grace to be alert. Utilize the means of grace, of prayer, to come to you, Father, with, with such openness, boldness, because you intimately know us. We can say, My Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. That be the attitude and the action of your church today. Help us be alert. Keep us praying from being driven by feelings, physical weakness. Help us. You're so good. You're so gracious. You're so kind. We see ourselves in the disciples. And yet as you restore the disciples, so you restore us and renew us. praise you, we thank you. There's no God like you. We bow our wills to you.
and bow our hearts to you. Out of loving devotion to you. Thank you, Jesus.